Hey guys, this is Ellie. Welcome back to the Teen Jesus Sisters podcast, where we talk about everything about following God as teenage girls. So whether you're a preteen, whether you're in high school or college, welcome, and let's get into it. So today we are beginning a hopeful series, possibly let me know, that we are calling Call to be Holy, which is the title of a passage in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 13 through 25. Today we're going to be going through the first three verses, 13, 14, and 15, and looking at how God wants us to be holy and how we can be applying this in our lives. So I'm going to go ahead and read through the entire little passage. It says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So, taking a look at this and breaking it down, Verse 13 begins by saying, preparing your minds for action. What I took away from this was getting the word. There's another version of it that says, girding up the loins of your mind. And this is like, I believe it's kind of a reference to preparing for battle. Um, But it's preparing our minds it is preparing our perspective, the way that we look at things, the way that we approach things. And I believe having God's word in our heads so that we can understand him, so that we can apply his principles. Okay, so this says that gird up your loins means to prepare yourself, work hard, and give service in the kingdom. So to do all these things, to prepare our minds and For me, this is in the morning. I prepare my mind by reading scripture, by praying with the Lord. And so the application points that I have for this are to get into the word, to meditate on it. I would recommend memorizing it. I've been working on doing a verse a week and I feel like I could even do more, but we just begin small and we let the Holy Spirit guide us. Spending time with God, recognizing and rebuking sinful thoughts. So our minds, you know, it's composed of all these different thoughts that we think throughout the day. And if we can recognize the sinful thoughts that enter our minds with temptation, and we can rebuke them and say, okay, no, I'm not going to think that anymore. That is one way that we can purify our minds and allow our minds to just be set wholly on the things of God. So I want to ask you a question and go ahead and write down your answer. How will you choose to prepare your mind this week? Whether that's through meditating on a couple of verses, memorizing them, spending more time with God, or rebuking your sinful thoughts, how are you going to prepare your mind? Next, he talks about being sober-minded. And being sober-minded, set your hope fully. So, sober-minded is kind of goes hand-in-hand with preparing your mind. But I see it as looking at things with the perspective that God has, looking at it with the perspective of his will. 
and remembering the gospel, remembering his justice and his grace and bringing that into every situation. Because in reality, not everyone is going to know the same God that we do. Not everyone is going to get to experience this grace simply because they don't choose to. There are going to be hard things that we go through, hard things that other people go through. But to always continue to see things from God's perspective, saying it doesn't matter how hard you work, it doesn't matter, you know, all these things that you're doing, these things can't save you. Of course, you know, your works matter, what you do here matters, but that's not ultimately what is going to determine your salvation. And whenever we're in a conversation with a friend to say, how would Jesus approach this? How would God approach this? Like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say in this moment? How do you want me to say it? And then next, we have set your hope fully. So set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And here he's saying to set your hope fully on Jesus, right? Not to set your hope on your grades or your accomplishments or different guys around you. Not to set your hopes on other people's opinions. Not to set your hope in other people or even yourself. But fully on God. And so I want to ask you the question, where have you been placing your hope? Because for me, I know that I've been putting so much of my hope in the things that I do in the people around me and ultimately that isn't what saves. It takes putting your hope fully in Christ because he is the only one that can save. He is the one with the ultimate power. He is our Lord. And in anything else, all of those things are going to pass away. Next, we're talking about obedience as obedient children he says, and I find it interesting that he uses the word children here. It kind of emphasizes the position that God has as our Father and our Lord. You know, he loves us, but he's also an authority figure. He is the authority, so obedience is obedience to God, first of all, but along with that, to godly authority. Who is God placed in your life that is an authoritative figure? Whether that is your parents, who we really should be listening to and honoring in all godly things. Whether it is our teachers, a principal, a governmental figure. As long as these people are not going against the law of God, we are expected to be obedient. Because God has created a certain order in the world, and we're meant to follow it. And in obeying God, our understanding isn't necessary. As much as, you know, we want to be like, why? God, why do you want me to do that? There are things that only he knows in his mystery and that we're not going to know. But if we just trust him, if we just continue walking with him, there's a purpose in all of it, even if we can't see it yet. And I would also say to when we're not sure what to do, to evaluate things by what he says. What has he said in the past? What are God's values? What is his ultimate will? And does this align with that? 
for instance, you know, maybe you've been wanting to buy this new thing, but you evaluate your reasoning for it. You're like, okay, well, why do I really want to buy it? And you say, okay, I really want to buy it because I think other people will think I'm cool for it. Then you think about that and you take it back to God's word and you're like, well, would God want me to buy this just so that other people would think I'm cool? And you go, no, that doesn't line up ultimately with this purpose. So even in things as trivial as that, we are expected to be obedient. Next, he says, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So our former ignorance is meant to be before we know God. Before we know God, when we are ultimately rooted in sin, when we are rooted in worldly things, when we are placing our hope in worldly things. So again, what are these things that you've been placing your hope in? Evaluate your life. Look at what are the passions of the flesh that I've been giving too much of my time, my attention, my energy to. And how can I redirect that to God? And then he says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. So first of all, he says, as he who called you is holy. For examples of his holiness, again, go back to the word. Look at the way that God has been faithful. Look at his qualities, his attributes, and look at the way that Jesus lived his life the focus that he had, the dedication, the way he loved others, the way that he was so completely dedicated and connected to God. And then, to be holy in all of our conduct. He's not saying be holy in 75% of your conduct, be holy in 99% of your conduct, be holy in 50%. He's saying to be holy in all of our conduct. And of course, God knows that we aren't perfect in this. That's why he sent Jesus down for us. But to make sure that in all that we're doing, we are keeping in constant communication with him. We are desiring to do his will. We are continually coming back to him in reflection and recognition and repentance. For me, repentance is something that I really do need to bring more into my own life. A lot of the times I fail to recognize my sin. It's something that I gloss over, that I don't even see a lot of the time. And I would also just remind us that there is grace. Of course, there's grace. (laughs) There's a song called Another in the Fire where it says, There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. And god has grace for us in our wrong decisions in our sinful nature and character he sent jesus down to us to give us what we didn't deserve to give us this gift of salvation this hope and he is the one that we hope in and when we begin with jesus that is how we you know we grow in holiness we grow with the lord and we're not going to be perfect on this earth But every day, we are being more and more sanctified to be conformed to his image and his likeness. So I hope that these verses and this application has been an encouragement to you. And just a reminder, the questions. How will you choose to prepare your mind this week? How will you choose to prepare your perspective and to be rooted in God? Where have you been placing your hope? Has it been in fleshly things? 
and just remember to be holy in all of your conduct and to keep in constant communication with God. So that is all that we have for today. I'll talk with you next week and drop any prayer requests that you have down below.